0: Thank you. Chris Ellis, your a neighborhood business coach, and welcome to Boss Talk with Chris. So, as always, this is a show where I consistently prove that unleashing your inner boss is the most critical step in winning in business. But more importantly, I'm going to help you avoid common mistakes that amateurs make on the road to becoming entrepreneurs. So, here is today's subject. I thought talent meant everything until I was homeless. So in this episode, we are going to get super vulnerable, and I'm gonna get very candid about what it's like to be smart, likable, talented, etc., and still completely fail at life. And my objective is very simple. I want you to leave this episode understanding that the true power, your true power, lies not in your talents or your resources. But in your willingness to take 100% responsibility for your wins and losses. So, if you're secretly dealing with self confidence issues, this episode is for you. And here's what I mean by that. If you've gotten advice or encouragement about what you're capable of, and your immediate thought was, oh, that's easy for you to say because you're talented or you're outgoing or you're smart, or you're good with money, or people like you, this episode is for you. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to be very clear about what this episode isn't. This episode isn't where I stress the power and importance of positive thinking. This episode isn't where I tell you that fear isn't real, it's a man-made construct. This episode is where I try to convince you that structural inequalities aren't a thing. This isn't a a place where I try to convince you that, well, it doesn't matter if you're a woman or you're trans or a minority or whatever, because, you know, everyone has the same 24 hours in a day or whatever motivational bullshit that people are peddling these days. This episode is where we get super honest about a word that we give way too much power to, the T word, talent. My job today is to convince you that if if there is a secret to success, then it damn sure isn't talent. So stop worshiping it. Here's what you need to know up top. I have been talented for as long as I can remember. Now, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to rattle off some details about how kick-ass I was as a kid. Now, if any of this makes me sound like a pompous ass. Just remember, at the end of this story, I still end up basically homeless, depressed, and suicidal. So, there's that. But I really just want to demonstrate to you how crazy the odds were stacked in my favor early in life. So, here goes. I grew up as one of those kids that was literally great at everything I put my mind to. I was a visual artist, creative writer, honor student, etc. But it wasn't that I was just good at everything. What's noteworthy was the degree to which I mastered things. Like, I wasn't just an artist. I taught myself how to draw when I was three years old. And by the time I was 18 years old, I was working as a comic book illustrator for a small press publishing company. Plus, the same year, I started a freelance graphic design service on the side. That's how good I was. I wasn't just like, good at writing. By the time I was in high school, I had written not one, but two editorial articles that was featured in my city newspaper, not the school city. I was so good at writing that by the time I graduated high school, I had won a citywide slam poetry competition. I was a champion. Mind you, this is an art form that I've literally found out existed six months prior to winning that competition. like. I wasn't just smart. I tested and got into one of the most prestigious high schools in the country at the time, Walnut Hills High School in Cincinnati, Ohio. And then after that, I was recruited into the young scholars program. And Here's how that program worked. All you had to do was get accepted to a school like Walnut Hills. And if you maintain like a B average, you could go to Ohio state for free. So in essence, I had a full ride academic scholarship at 14 years old. I cannot overstate how kick ass I was as a kid. And you would think that like it would all balance out socially and I would just be like a huge loser in school, but that wasn't even the case. I was a social chameleon. I was one of those kids that can literally go into a lunchroom and sit wherever I wanted to. From the jocks to the nerds, the art geeks, white kids, black kids—didn't really matter. I was literally good in any hood. My only real problem was that I grew up super poor, and honestly, I saw that more as a temporary inconvenience because I was definitely going to make it. You couldn't tell me that my talent wasn't going to rocket me out of my small hometown of Lima, Ohio, into fortune insane. So I invested into my abilities with the intensity of a kid trying to get drafted into the NBA. I'm not going to lie. Things were going pretty well for like the first 19 years. And then adulthood happened and whooped my ass. (laughs) Oh, man. My life was in shambles. I ended up a 25 year old college dropout living in the YMCA apartment, roughly the size of a walk in closet. I was working a dead end job scooping ice cream for a living. I was so poor that I used to have to walk like 25 blocks every day to work because I just couldn't afford the bus fare to get back and forth. I had no prospects. I was painfully, I was deeply depressed, suicidal, and my hair was falling out in clumps. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, how do you even fall off that hard? But just know that this is a thing that is very common among, quote unquote, gifted kids. After high school, I was no longer in a place that had a system that allowed me to translate my academic success into any other areas of our life. So this created like a domino effect because since my life sucked, it compromised my ability to pursue my dreams. So. I dropped out of school and I got a regular job and it was just downhill from there. So, like I said in episode one, I didn't just feel like a failure. I felt defective. But here's the weird thing. Even at rock bottom, I wasn't ready to give it up. I wasn't ready to give up on the religion of more equals more, that more skills and more knowledge would equal more success. I still truly believe that I wasn't where I wanted to be in life simply because I just didn't have the right skills. So, in my desperation, I turned to the only guy I knew that had every skill, Kurt Flowers. So, Kurt and I met in college. He was actually assigned to me through a, a program as a mentor. So, To give you some background, Kurt was like a year older than me, but he was still like light years ahead of me in life in general. Not only could he like do everything that I could basically do, he was an event planner, he was a martial artist, he was a DJ, and he had like a million side hustles. He wasn't just amazing. He was miraculous. Like one of his many side hustles was legit a certified motorcycle instructor. And the weird part was, Kurt didn't even own a motorcycle. <laughs> like, like, who does that? And unlike me, he somehow found a way to translate his artistic success to every area of his life. Health, relationships, money, etc. He was like, like a walking encyclopedia of knowledge and skills. So, fast forward, I'm at the YMCA, feeling down and out. I'm about to get evicted anyway. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and throw a hell mary. So I rode to Kurt's house, who recently moved to a new place, and he was looking for a roommate. And I practically threw myself at his feet and was like, yo, I'm at Rock Bottle. Life is in shambles. Teach me everything that you know. And he looked at me and he said, okay. <laughs> That's just the kind of guy he was. But he said, you know what? Under one condition. You live here with me, and you're basically my personal assistant slash unpaid intern, and you have to be half the rent." And I was like, that's it? Deal. And at that moment, he became my life coach. And that's when things got interesting. So the next morning, I'm in the kitchen, and Kurt is schooling me. With- on the secrets of life. And I like literally have a pen and paper on deck prepared to write down everything that he said. It is like something weird happened. And he said, Chris, you don't need to take notes. Put that away. And he sits me down and he says the following: Life is incredibly simple and success and failure are driven largely by a handful of cosmic laws that govern every situation. So you don't have to write everything down. Here's what I'm going to do. All I'm going to do is tell you the rules. And every time something happens, I'm going to see, see, there's the rule. And in my brain, I am like, what the fuck is this goofy new age hippy dippy shit? I didn't sign up for this like I was expecting Kurt to look at me figure out all the things I couldn't do and teach me every skill I needed to know so I could finally like get to his level but instead he said Chris if I could only teach you one thing it's to stop making excuses and take 100% responsibility for your life and for the next 2 years I was forced to master that concept daily in every area of my life. Now, this taught me three critical lessons and I made three critical discoveries. Before I reveal them, I want to explain how this concept actually works using a deck of cards. So let's say you're playing a card game, poker, spades, go fish, whatever. One way of seeing the cards is to see the game as entirely a game of chains. So you're only as good as the hand that you're dealt. So most of us in that situation are constantly hoping that we just get dealt good enough cards to win. And what's interesting is that's the way that most people think about life too. That winning and losing in life is just a matter of how well And how thoroughly God dealt the cards when it came to your talent and resources. But there's a different perspective. So we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. That says, a card game, no matter how random, has mathematical limits. Every player gets a limited number of cards. There are only 52 cards in the deck. And every player has to follow the same exact rules to win. Meaning. There's only a limited number of recommended ways that you can play a hand, no matter how it's dealt. So even a game of chance has patterns to exploit. What this means is the more responsibility that you take for learning and exploiting those patterns, the lower your chances of failure, regardless of what hand you're dealt. So here's the conclusion. You can really only suck at playing cards to the degree that you passively let the cards inside the outcome of the game. Now, let's apply this concept to the real world. Let's imagine you and I work together. And during an assignment, you have to access a website in order to complete a project. But I'm the person who has to log into the site. Now, I can look at you and say that the password to the site is T-P-D-J-A. But I'm leaving this conversation up to chance, meaning I'm hoping that you heard the letter T instead of the letter V. So ultimately, I could leave the completion up to this major project up to just don't look that you heard it correctly. Or I can use a better communication tactic and strategy like, say, the military alphabet, and just say Tango, Papa, Delta, Julian, Alpha. That simple day dramatically decreases the miscommunication and the likeliness of failure. And in a nutshell, that's what 100% responsibility is. The concept that if you have odds that are only 50%, but you can do one thing to make them 60, 70, 80%, stop being lazy and just do that. When I learned this concept, again, I made three. Breakthrough discoveries. So here's discovery number one. I realized that I screwed up my entire adult life waiting for opportunities to fall out of the sky. I thought that all I had to do was work hard and be talented, and then powerful people would just notice me and elevate me because. That's how school worked. And I took this toxic as mentality to every job I went to. I went to work every day thinking that I was auditioning for a better job. On the flip side, my bosses felt that I was just doing the job they paid me to do. My belief in talent blindsided me to the simple fact that No one was looking to give me a big break, no matter how talented I was. So it was up to me to take the initiative to create those kind of opportunities for myself. And that's the first discovery I made. And it was the most important discovery that I made. The second discovery that I made is that advantages don't create success. Success creates advantages. People often say things like, Chris, you're so good at talking to people, that must have made it easy for you to get into your field. My response is no, being good at talking was the result of me jumping into my field and figuring it out. Most people think that the timeline is you have an advantage, then there's an opportunity, and then where those meet, you show up and show out, and then that creates success. But that's wrong. The real timeline is normally you start off with talent and you think that opportunities will rain from the sky because you have all of this talent. And then you figure out that talent doesn't actually attract opportunities. So after a while, you just go, you know what? I'm sick of leaving my future to chance. Since the doors aren't opening, What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to learn a skill to open these doors myself. Then from learning, trying, experimenting, success randomly happens. Now you have the wisdom to know what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say. Now, everybody from the outside looking in goes, oh, he's developed this natural rapport with people. That must be the advantage now. But no, that wasn't the advantage. That was the reward. The advantage was actually being willing to take fate into your own hands. And that was the second discovery that I made. Now, I'm about to wrap this up. But I'm going to tell you the biggest, craziest discovery I learned from just taking 100% responsibility. Here it is. The less you look for people to help you, the more people want to. So, I'm about to tell you about the craziest breakthrough that happened to me in my coaching career so far. Um, It's 2019, and I've been a life coach for like three years. And I've also been working a day job the whole time. Why? Well, Because I wanted the V-Way to be able to properly develop my services, my products, my coaching tools, stuff like that. But more importantly, I wanted the chance to be able to learn how to create a business that worked like the top earners in my industry. So I wanted to take the time to learn from the best in the industry and apply their systems to my business, kind of how I shadowed Kurt. So specifically, I picked a multimillionaire consultant by the name of Nicole Walters to learn from. Now, if you don't know her, she is a big deal. She is a world-class speaker and business consultant. She launched a podcast that was like number one when it launched on the charts. And like, it beat out like the Joe Rogan podcast or experience or whatever that is, which is a huge deal. She recently shot a reality TV show that actually aired its first season on the USA Network in the past year. And she has an ever-growing business empire, which includes a membership group that has No exaggeration, hundreds and hundreds of people in. I got lucky enough to get invited to this group and I took the opportunity and I ran with it. So for like a full year, I had been implementing all types of systems into my own business. Now, by the end of 2019, I'm finally like, you know what? It's time to quit my job. I've done enough work, I've created books, created courses, a whole consultation service. Uh, it's time to take this shit to the next level. So my clueless ass decides I'm going to quit my job. They can. 2020 is going to be my year, baby. All I got to do is go outside, meet a bunch of strangers and shake hands. How hard can that be? <laughs> Les has a 6 sense of humor. <laughs> So, you know what happened next? COVID came down to shut the world down. People were in a state of financial emergency. Now, Nicole had gotten to a point in her career where she didn't really have to do like one-on-one consultations. But because of the dire circumstances, she decided to make an exception. So she opened up a limited amount of one-on-one consultation slots, first come, first serve. And baby, when I tell you I snatched that slot immediately... Because I'm like, when am I going to ever get an opportunity to get in the room with someone that busy and that successful and ask whatever I want to and get it answered? So now, put the slot, Zoom call happens, then she goes, so I see that you're a life coach, which at the time I was doing full time, I was a life coach. And then she said, I'm going to keep it real with you. A lot of coaches have too little for me to work with. They don't have a product. They don't have an actionable system, nothing. And sometimes it's been so bad that I've just canceled their consultation sessions and just straight up refunded their money. That's how she started that conversation. But I did a thorough background check. and got plenty for me to work with. In fact, if you're interested, I might have an opportunity for you. So we went through the entire call. She's giving me suggestions. I'm asking a bunch of questions. Everything is going good. Then at the end, she's like, so yeah, um, I wanted to talk to you about this opportunity that I think you might be good for. And, you know, I'm just thinking, oh, she's probably going to say something like, um, there's a business conference and uh, they have a bunch of keynote speakers and you should try being a speaker there or something like that. It's typically the kind of advice I get. But she says, I, I don't know if you know much about this, but while I don't offer individual coaching, I do have a service that works with entrepreneurs that makes a certain amount of money. And they're trained by my certified business coaches that, again, I handpick. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, I, I know where this is going. It's probably just going to ask me to like sign up for the service. Okay, cool. But then she goes, I'd like to offer you a spot as one of those certified coaches. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, my team will train you and we will assign you a list of clients and you'll just work with them for six months and we'll pay you hands." Now, I'm not going to say how much money it was, but I will say that it was more money in six months than I had ever made in a job in a year. Then she says. If that sounds good to you, sounds like something that you're interested, in, let me know. And I'm like, yes, yes, immediately I am down. So we get off the call and I am. I am like, no, we shock. like, this is like the equivalent of being like an underground rapper and finding out that not only did Jay-Z hear my demo tape, but he wanted to sign me to a record deal. I had just had the biggest Career break in my entire life during a global pandemic. And it wasn't because she just recognized how talented I was and just wanted to work with me. No, it was because I had already done the work. I didn't just say, oh, I want to be a life coach, and then I begged people to give me a chance to get started and do it. I took responsibility, I took initiative, I started, and I built something for myself. Then people saw what I built, and then they volunteered to help me expand it. And suddenly, as all of this is going in my head, swirling around, I just hear curse voice say, see, see this is what happens when you take 100% responsibility. There's that rule again. So if you're one of those people that thinks that you aren't where you need to be in life because you don't have enough talent, you don't have enough resources, baby, I am here to tell you from personal experience, no amount of talent is going to make opportunities just rain from the heavens. And if you're one of those people that has talent and passion, have incredible ideas, stop looking for someone else to notice your greatness and give you the opportunity to pursue your dreams. Take 100% responsibility for creating your own opportunities and stop leaving your fate into the hands of other people. That is the key to your success. That wraps up the show for the day. Next week, we are going to be talking all about confidence. We all understand that confidence is key to business, but we don't actually know how it works. So next week, I'm going to explain how confidence works, and I'm going to show you the advantage of doing something that I call brutal self-honesty and show you how that can take your confidence to the next level. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I will see you next time.